If I do fart, I'll get up and go fart over there in the corner. Oh, you're gross, man. You are farting. I did not fart. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. (laughs) I I like that this is a fight. I'll get up and I'll go fart. (coughs) Is that your backpack over there? (laughs) There's a fart in your backpack. to the Autopod Decepticast. This is your weekly podcast that delivers a minute-by-minute breakdown of the 1986 Transformers movie. I'm your host, Aaron, and with me are two guys, you know, who just fucking killed it at TFCon Chicago (laughs) here recently. We haven't recorded in so long, and we're going to be like behind the times pop culturally, but we should talk about TFCon. We went there. Yeah. Did you want to introduce us first, or? Go ahead. Oh, I'm Ryan. Hi. You don't have an intro? That, that was it? That, oh, good. Well, yes, we did crush it. I'm Caleb. <laughs> crushing Caleb. Crushing. Conference, it was, conference it, crushing Caleb. Alliterative. It was actually really great. I, like, I've said this to a bunch of people that I wish we kind of would have had something on Friday instead of Sunday, which obviously I understand why we were on Sunday, but um, because I spent so much time being nervous and worried about our performance that I it took a little bit away from enjoying the con, and then whenever we got up there and did it, it went off flawlessly and was wonderful, and there were tons of people there. Yeah. The, I don't think I don't know that I'll ever. If we were to do this again, I don't think I'd have any nerves. No, me neither. Like it would. Uh, oh, it's be smooth as ice. It, it's nice um, playing music as much as I have. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly get nervous in front of people. Yeah, it is, as much as Ryan and I were talking about it, I did note that like Caleb has never said he's nervous <laughs> at all ever. It wasn't really about being. Up, I'm not nervous being in front of people. I was just worried like how our timing was going to be well, yeah. and if the show was like everything was I was nervous about those things I, but I was nervous about being in front of people oh, I, I guess it, as an extension but of you, it. But you you had a ri- you you stuffed your you had a well that's why you had such a hardcore script. Well, I had a script but I had it basically memorized so I had the f- wow. Okay. I had the freedom to improvise. I uh pretty well. I would have but, liked to have interjected some funny stuff more but I think being in that environment, kind of, that wasn't used to doing that. <laughs> I would have liked from, if you're like, I would have liked to inject some funny stuff, but I didn't have anything. <laughs> well, I, I it wasn't. He, he remembered some. He remembered his gag about yeah. Carly being in the yeah, next room. Yeah, but I don't know how that went over. <laughs> But well, I, if we didn't go. If it didn't go over, it was my fault. I didn't catch. I didn't catch that that lob as well as I should have. No, it's okay. I I think also that if you know if we weren't constricted to an hour, I think I would have felt more comfortable in 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 like going down rabbit holes. But I would. Right. I didn't want. I you was, knew that I we didn't were tight want, on time. Yeah, yeah. So I was a little. I was a lot more reserved. If we would have had that sweet Friday Flint Dilly slot. <laughs> yeah. Where he talked for seven hours about five faces of yeah, darkness. Well, we, episode he's, two. <laughs> he's got a bit more clout. Than oh, we do. does he? Yeah. You well, don't think we're at his level? I would. I bet you we put more thought into this movie than he did. 
<laughs> Seriously, I mean, not think about the, man hours. We put a minimum of eighty something man hours. That's that's two full working weeks. Yeah, and that doesn't even include the research and uh, other things. I know. He was. It's he, possible we are on par for people who put the most time in. I don't know. Movie. He told a story about his Some writing the, the his version of the script with a buddy of it, or the, or the a friend of his, and like uh, the way he described it, it sounded like they were just up for four days on cocaine. <laughs> It was the eighties. Can they not be up And it's LA. Can, can they not well, <laughs> You telling me Flint Dilly didn't do cocaine? <laughs> the Autopod Decepticast does not take a position <laughs> on Flint Dilly's also, use of illicit substances. If you listeners, if you haven't seen the video I made about our time at TFCon, go to YouTube and it's uh search it. I'm just you can search Ryan Jet Transformers, I'm sure it'll come up. But anyway, it's uh, uh I did end up meeting Flint Dilly and in a bathroom, um, and uh, doing I, cocaine. It was Friday night, or was it Saturday night? I don't know. I think I can't remember if it was Friday night or Saturday well, night. Can I I'll let me set it up a little bit? Like, okay, go ahead. So we're it's it's um, yeah, it's Saturday. No, Saturday. Nobody can remember. Saturday. Yeah, it's Saturday. Evening. It had so, to be Saturday. So, yeah. it was the day so anyway, oh, oh yeah, because we got we got tanked. We also we're at the bar. Gonna... We're at the bar, and uh, Ryan... we also said we weren't going to get tanked. Yeah. Well, I certainly got tanked. Oh, I did. I, I, I was okay. But Ryan, but Ryan disappears for a while, and he, then he comes back and he goes, I just interviewed Flint Dilly. <laughs> and I was like, what? what? So, Said the liar. Yeah, so. I didn't find out till the next day. Yeah. Because you were holding court were holding at the court, bar. Yeah. You had a, a, a gaggle of people yeah. around you, and you were like, let me tell you about the Chaz Force. It was probably about that interesting and articulate. As well. <laughs> oh, you, you held their attention. I, so I, I don't even you... know. I don't, I don't remember anything. <laughs> I, I have gaps. <laughs> I, I know. I, I have some reasonable assessments of who I talked to, but I don't remember what we talked about. I'm sure, it was like it was like this evangelist. I yeah. called evangelist on purpose. Like I know his shit, and I was like. Uh, I was just wanted to chat. Uh, Diecast was one of those. Diecast, right. yeah, right. and, and 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 Matt, yeah, he was. On anyway, the <laughs> that's who we were hanging out with. We had Mike Seibert there, and also mm-hmm. Michael Andrews. Uh, you know, so it was a good time. So anyway, uh, Ryan comes back. He's like, I just interviewed Flint Dilly. <laughs> I was gone for like thirty minutes because my girlfriend texted me, "Are you okay?" <laughs> and what had happened is, well, I wandered back over to the to the answer. area where um, where the conference was being or. Anyway, where the convention was being held, and it was shut down at that time, but there were bathrooms over there, and then I went in the bathroom, and Flint Dilly, if you've ever heard him, has a very distinctive voice, and I heard him on the phone in the bathroom, and I'm like, it's... I think that's what it did. And so after... What was we, he talking about on the phone? Was, man, he, on the, was he on the pot or on the ur- in the urinal? <laughs> oh, you, he was at the urinal. I don't know oh, why yeah. that's important. Um, it is an important yeah, detail. He's on the phone. You I have think. to know, as a listener, if you're talking to a post-piss or post-shit Flint Dilly. <laughs> yeah, 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 he I, emptied the tank. Because your state of mind is very different depending on uh, how it's going. But anyway. Well, so I didn't corner him in the bathroom like a creep, um, but... He went out and you were I were stalking him like I kind of a little bit. I went out after him and I'm like, we're the only two of the people in the hallway and I'm like, I'm sorry. Uh pardon me. Are you Flint Dilly? And Which is like, a dumb question. Yeah, but what else how am I else am I going to open? Hey, Flint Dilly. Look, my dick's still out. I, I, yeah. Yeah, so. that's on you. That's yeah, that's aggressive. That's, that's you. That, that's I think I think our style would have worked no dick. So <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I walk out there, and he's like, yeah, and he was really nice and, like, affable and, like, really friendly, and, like, 
started talking to me and um, his, who I believe to be his significant other came up and he was like, yeah, these guys have a podcast and uh, they're going to be able to do a, a presentation on Sunday. And she did not care. But um, then he was like, hey, come over here and we'll talk for a little bit. So he took me around and we, we sat down. Took you into his room? No. <laughs> we went up to the, like, the registration area where, you know, that where people registered and it was obviously so he his room key? <laughs> and um, so, we sat down just out ahead. there in the, in the hallway and talked for like 15 minutes. There was some dude who came by who like started talking to him too and I was like get away dude but then also I'm just dude also who just cornered him but he sat there and talked to me for like 15 minutes and I rolled tape on it but forgot to ask him for permission to do it so I also I don't remember the interview and I've re-listened to it but don't remember what it was either, and I don't know if it's even interesting. I've listened, I've listened to it. How we, is it? We all listened to it <laughs> yeah. in the hotel. I know, but I was drunk the second time I listened to it. <laughs> so I, I will tell I, you, it's not great. No, it's not, and but, it's but not for, worth but, sharing with the public. I know. I here's. I will disagree. I oh, think shit. that it should be shared with the public because it's funny. The attempt to inter- the attempt to <laughs> the, the, the funny thing in my I'm an investigative is, journalist. The, the funny thing I think about it is is he. Well, it's not like he said anything controversial. No, he, no, said, he, just, he said what he says. No, but the but the the problem with the the problem with the 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 with the conversation is that there's it's some poor quality. There, well, there's somebody there's somebody <laughs> yes. from the uh, from the staff that's vacuuming yes. behind you. A you good can, a good seventy five percent of the time. So you can hear them talking. We actually had to move so they could clean the area. It didn't help. They caught up to you. You hear them getting closer to you while you're talking to them. And then he is, and then there is parts where he's talk stuff he's talking about is it's it's fairly mundane for the purposes of mm-hmm. of a of a of an interview. I mean, it's it's just t- it's just casual conversation. But I think it would be I don't know if we'll ever be able to play it because we'd have to we should probably get his permission. But yes, I, I will say. <laughs> but hang on, pause. Fluent Dilly, I'm sorry, we have a secret recording of you. <laughs> we're, That's we're, what we're those guys, I guess. It's, but he, I think. Fuck. I don't know. It's pretty funny though. This is it, not, we're ruined. No, <laughs> we're ruined. I think he'll find uh, he'd find it funny that someone's trying to talk to him. And is excited to have it like kind of captured on on, on audio, and there's like this this vacuum <laughs> running behind it. It is the main character of the story that you guys told. It's really funny. And then Caleb, talk about what happened at the with Con. Oh well, it's hard to do it without a, a visual. But anyway, uh, he we were wondering if Flint Daly would come in to uh, see us the yeah, next day. Yeah, because I told him to come see us. Yeah, and he seemed pretty enthusiastic about it. But we're sitting there, and uh, I just happened to look. Like, while we're doing our presentation, while we're doing a presentation, I'm, we're, we're up on stage, and I just happened to look up and look <laughs> at the back of the conference room, at the door, the, the you know for the exit out into the hallway, and, and as I and I look up and I just right at that moment, uh, Flint Dilly walks right by and he's just looking into the conference room, smiling, <laughs> but never stops stride. <laughs> smiling, like, but I'm not gonna go in it's there. Like, he's like, yeah, you know, and that was it. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure he'd had enough by that point. Oh, it was I, Sunday I afternoon. Mean, he, he he's, gives, like, he's gonna come sit and watch he, something he, bullshit. He, I'm, I'm impressed. I obviously don't know who this guy is before, <laughs> before this podcast, and he, and I saw, I sat through a couple of his panels, and. He seems oh, he's like, great! He seems I love like a guy who just him. gives and gives and gives. And Absolutely, like uh, the, genuine and yeah, I was willing to talk to you know drunk Ryan on yeah. Saturday night. I was very drunk. The thing that, like. He people love him and uh, and I'm sure that it's just going through the motions for him. 
but he has a manner like he's not a nerdy guy like he's not no. I, like i wouldn't like he's i have a hard like time a, understanding like he's, he's just not a dorko in fact most of the creators aren't he's like, kind of like total dorko kind of like the cool college professor that yeah you have. yeah that's yeah. a good way of describing yeah. Yeah. i think he genuinely i think he does care why else would he do this like he seems to really love interacting yeah. with people what i mean though is that i mean he doesn't prepare uh I, okay to your point okay maybe going through the motions isn't the right way to put it cuz that insinuates he really doesn't care yeah. he's not, i'm he's saying not, he's, he's not putting any time in he's not phoning he's it not, in He's not phoning it in, but he's also not working it. You know, he's kind of like me he's just with this show. <laughs> really, a little bit. Fundamentally, <laughs> is the you of the Transformers universe. He is. Like, <laughs> I will say, meeting him, um, the way they say this, uh, like the the nerdist has said this about Tom Hanks, meeting Flint Dilly, he's exactly the way you'd want him to be. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I argue that at some point maybe we should. Try to air I'm gonna, some of that. I'm gonna audio. tweet at him. Why don't we like, just or just get a real interview with him? How about no, that? No, I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> no. I want to. I want to no, play no, the, no. the lost Dilly tapes. No, all I, all I'm trying. To, yes, of course we would be. It'd be awesome to get an interview with him. But all I'm trying to say is it would be funny. I think the audience would love to hear your attempt at like an, an interview with okay, that. Okay, that is annoying me. Yeah. That is actively annoying That me. is what was the, the interview was. It's that's not that annoying, bad. That's how annoying the interview is. I didn't find because the vacuuming it, that annoying. Well, I find it hilarious. I'm telling you that. Anyway. But when we interview him, we should have a vacuum going. <laughs> I think it would be funny to do that again. <laughs> Um, and maybe for me, see, for me, it's not about the, the it's not about getting an interview with. Flint, it's just about this joke that I'm perpetuating. <laughs> and, um, I will say this: I was impressed that uh, I'm really glad that you actually got to have a one-on-one conversation. with It was Italian. amazing. That's really cool. like recording a you of all people, of all people, of all people. What does that mean? <laughs> it just means that you're 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 kind of a little turtle. I'm proud of you. Show. I'm proud of you guys. Aaron, you were talking to Flint Dilly. Aaron was holding court with the other podcasters. I was hanging out with Mike, I'm looking like a fool. I was talking to Mike Seibert, Michael Andrews, having a good time with them. It was a good night. Yeah, I, the whole thing. I wish I had diversified a little bit more, but anyway. Because I was having so much fun. I didn't want that good. night to end. It was, Saturday a, it was, night. A, it was a very, the, the whole trip. It, we the bar ach- closed. That was the problem. It was a successful trip. We achieved what we wanted to achieve and then some. I think it yeah. exceeded our expectations. Yeah. It was a lot of Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. It was definitely a unique experience. You you guys have been to like a, like there was like a Springfield sort of 80s con or something yeah. like that. Was Would you, was, is that comparable? No, this is my first con of any sort <laughs> no, of. Uh, no, this, this was a bigger deal, but that was a different, that was a different deal. That was, yeah. um. It was more of 80s pop culture. It was just a, I wouldn't say it was, there was probably less people there maybe, but it was just, it was just a different deal altogether. Right, okay. I don't think they're, com- they're not oh, really comparable. There are nerd cons that show up around here, I think, and yep. uh, Branson has some sort of, and I don't even actually know what it is. Hold on, did, did we thank Mike Seibert? Holy fuck. For like being there, flying to Chicago, being there every step of the way, helping us out as our MC in, in the audience. Letting us use his room for rehearsal, being very kind to us, very Part- gracious, participating at yeah. a very eager and positive level. Yeah, like, no, it was uh, awesome. He was, uh, what is it they call it? Uh, GGG. Yeah, he was GGG. We, yeah, I, game good. German Goo Girls. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll, we'll, I mean, we, we, not everything that happened in that hotel room was videotaped. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we we post we'll post stuff and we might get like five sh- shares. 
He posts stuff and mentions us, and he gets like 40 shares. Absolutely. 40 so retweets. He, he, like Flint he's, Dilly, meeting Mike Seibert in person was everything you would hope it would yeah, be. Yeah, he's, he's great. We were glad to finally meet him in person. Um, and, you know, how did we return the favor? We never recorded with him. I know, I know. We, we, fuck, yeah. so we wanted to, well, we it, were supposed it wasn't to just a, a favor to him. It would have been fun to do yeah. hot takes. We were supposed takes, to do an afterglow, and it just, never, it just yeah. didn't work out. One thing led to another. But but we're going to record more with him. We really he's awesome. Everybody, please check out Mike Seibert Radio. He was great. He had great feedback, and it was just fun working with him. Yeah, it was just I, fun working with him. So thank you very much, Mike, mm-hmm. and and everybody. Please check him out. Uh, we'll you know we'll uh, we'll we'll plug him on the on the social media when we put this episode up. Also, one of our list, longtime listeners, Michael Andrews. Uh, Hung uh, out with him. We call we, we we you've heard us refer to him in the past as uh, Pizza, Pizza Toss Mike. Mike. He's, He's the great. father of the ghost of the iconic moment. He is, and and um um um. Ultra ultra Mikeness is he's he originally is ultra Mikeness. We have a habit of attributing the other original th- ultra. We have a we have a we've had a habit of taking his stuff and attributing <laughs> it to the wrong people. But he was great to meet in person. Uh, he is also a, an author uh, and gave What's, us a book to read called The Story of Mage. Mm-hmm. So and, that is, I, I want to pause for a second because I want to give that due uh, respect. That that is uh, it's actually it's, not, it's called Coming of Mage. Oh God, I'm sorry. <clears throat> that is one of the best book titles I've ever heard. It's pretty great. Like yeah. that is a great title. I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I just spit all over the Caleb's notes. <laughs> I'm really right. sorry about oh, that. I God. know it's gross, and I know my mouth is just like yeah. trash right now. Aaron uh, stayed up till like four o'clock in the morning. Last night was Melody. But let's hold on. This Melody right. and Jennifer. Yeah. Are there t- my wife. And her sister, they're they're uh, identical, identical twins, twins. and uh, you know it's their fortieth birthday party. Yep. You, you had to, you had to, yeah, it, it was up. great. It was you great. had to, you had to mix that shit. No, it was good. It was a good fun party. Uh, it was fun. I went to bed earlier than these guys did, but uh, but we're here in the morning. We're here this morning, and we're doing it. And I gotta tell so you, so there's the answer after why left. this is so rambly. <laughs> yeah, no, was, I gotta tell you, Caleb. Hey, you know what? We got nothing to do. We're talking about the credits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we gotta, we gotta, we're good. we gotta beef up this tent. No, no we haven't, <laughs> and we haven't talked in a while, so it's nice to recap. Yeah, we haven't recorded in a long. Time. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I'm not saying it's because you left, but after you left, Things got that better. party got fucking loose. <laughs> we, we played Flip Cup for, for a, a goddamn while. hour and and beer pong. And you know who the best Flip Cup player was? It was a tiny little girl named Ruby. To be she, clear, she was not drinking beer. She, <laughs> she had Dr. Pepper. She, 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 if she was north of eight, I would be surprised to hear it. She's a very tiny little person, tiny, tiny little child. And with she, a broken arm. With a broken, broken arm. arm. And she fucking flipped all the cups, dude. Like, like every time she was up, it was fun watching her because every time she'd get it over, all of it, the whole crowd would just like explode. What? Like it was, I mean, we would do that anyway, but like it, anyway, it was just really fun. It was a lot of uh, just good vibes mm-hmm. and good feelings uh, and playing those stupid college drinking games. Is still fun as an adult. There's no reason to stop playing co- stupid. I stick am, with the basics. Don't go with the like really complicated. I am super. I'm fairly good at beer pong because I play that game at Incredible Pizza all the time to win, and I can consistently win Carolina. Hang like, on, so you can play. Beer, you play first beer, of all, pong, beer, beer pong. First, and first of all, let's context. Incredible Pizza is a Dave and Buster's like local. Pizza concept that also has go karts and video games, and does not but they serve don't have beer pong, and they have no beer in it. They don't. Serve yeah, alcohol. it's just the game. 
It's just Pong. Like, the, the same game. What Beer Pong is is one of the oh, the, the games. I want to have a couple quick recollections for me about the con. So I, I, I bumped into a great group of people in the lobby. They're called the Realm of Collectors. Did you guys meet these guys? No. Did you, have you met them, Caleb? Nope. It's a, a group of collectors called the Realm of Collectors, and I don't understand, I don't know what their objective is, why they exist other than to just uh, be good people that have collections of Transformers and put it out there. They're basically a Transformers collector. Are they like the Guardian Angels back in New York? They're kind of like the Guardian Angels of the Transformers world, as I see it seriously, because they're always wearing karate outfits. Okay. Really? No, they aren't really. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, you got me really excited for a second. No, but, but I want the realm of collectors. But no, to like I do think they are like for that. us at our next conference. But I do feel like they are like that because I feel like <laughs> dog. <laughs> I feel like uh, they they are sort of. If you get on message boards, it can get really weird and heated. I like if these guys feel like they're 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 they'd be the reasonable voice. Okay. Uh, the fan. Well, that's I don't. That's I, fun. Yeah. They were very nice to me and Melody. Wandered drunkenly, especially me, into the uh, into the lobby, and we hung out with them for probably an hour. Wow. And uh, basically, but there, I, I think the Facebook group is about two thousand strong. Wow. Oh. And it's if not more. Sorry if I'm understating that, but but uh, just this uh, group of people, and they've built up a. I don't even know how this happens. Like I don't understand the logistics of building up a community like this, but it's just an independent community of Transformers fans. And they can be found on Facebook. And they can be found on Facebook. You have to uh, answer some questions and get accepted into the sure, group. Sure. I don't know if that's how most yeah. groups are, because I'm just not on groups. I'm not an online some vetting. guy. you got some vetting. Um, uh, so anyway, shout cool. out to those guys. Shout out to... Um, Transmissions, WTF at TFW, Radio Free Cybertron, and Steel City Bots. Caleb got mad at me. Uh, we, we had one of a, a classic passive-aggressive exchange. Text fight? Uh, it wasn't oh. even via text. Uh, Caleb was trying to be the nice VP of, uh, of social media that he is. And uh, he did a nice shout out on Twitter after the oh, and posted yeah. the picture of the of the well, podcasters R- panel. Ryan thanked Ryan thanked Ryan put it out and thanked Transmission. Oh, that was Ryan. Yes, it I was on in. my personal account. And then okay. I came in and said, "Oh, and also thank you to these guys, these guys, right, these right, guys, right, and right, these right. guys." And then you. But we came had a, but we had a text exchange beforehand, and you were trying to get everything right yeah. because you wanted to do your diligence. Yes. And you did your diligence. I did. And anyway, and so uh, what happened next? Well, you came in and were like poo-pooed all over it. You were like, well, it looks like there's three... Three people are running our Twitter page. You like <laughs> criticized it from your own Twitter profile, and I was like, "Well, shit! I was trying to do something genuine here." And oh, no, yeah, it was the, no. I th- I took it as like uh, we somehow forgot. Uh, well, basically, we didn't name drop uh, who. What was it? Oh, WTF at TFW because oh, yeah. you name drop Vangelis, but you and Aaron the, I mean, the I don't other know. cat, I was trying to... the other cat from there. No, I know, I know, I, I know, don't I know, know these people. Yeah, no, I hear you. No, that's right. But that was me. I get. I think I was sort of self consciously trying to be like exactly I was, was, I was being self-deprecating when I did that and uh, but you took it very seriously and legit legit from from the Autopot Decepticast well, Twitter page he blocked me <laughs> <laughs> well here's here. Here's, I didn't know any of this that's how no. that's how mad you got well here, no because no, here's 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 uh, I wish I had it in front of me but you so I let that go 
the first comment, but you came in again. No, I don't think so. Yes, you did. You did. I think I made one comment, you and made, then you were like, nope. block. You no, made you two made two comments. I saw this, but I didn't realize there was a fight about it. Well, I didn't read it that you way. You came in a second time. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to find <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to scroll. But anyway, this is gonna be fun to edit. Anyway, so. you came in and said you came in as yourself again, and like said, uh, dressing. I was, I was trying to be funny. I know, and it's That's fine. It. I wasn't be, fine. I wasn't criticizing you, guys. Oh, it's about shouldn't we have like a sarcasm font? Am I yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Are you? I think uh, on Reddit they do have a thing where they do like slash s means you're being sarcastic. Oh, right. you it's said a visual identifier. Uh, what do you, what do you call it when? Yeah, you said sounds like Autopod Decepticast is gonna get shunned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I said <laughs> and I said sounds like. Sounds like you're gonna get blocked. And <laughs> no. I blocked your ass. Yeah, and I thought it was like <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah see, that was it really also, happened. And so I went in because I obviously right, have the password right. <laughs> to the Autopod Decepticast Twitter, and I unblocked I myself. Knew, I of course, like, and I was like, "Why did you do this?" I knew you could unblock it's yourself. It's pretty funny, to be honest. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty funny. You have to put it in context. It's like putting. Uh, uh, a pebble in somebody's shoe. <laughs> well, it's just the way you said it is like you're some. You were outside of the, like, yeah. I anyway, it's it's water under the bridge, and it was funny it if you read funny. it. It was fine. Uh, it did raise some eyebrows, I think, from those guys. <laughs> oh, God. Matt from RFC, Miguel from uh, Steel City Bots, Angelus Diecast, Jeremy, Daryl was day one, Jeremy was day two, and I'm sure I was stanking on day two. <laughs> Uh, or day three, I guess, yeah, the final podcasters panel. <clears throat> Caleb uh, was very kind to let me know that I had halitosis on the, the day that we were... Uh, I shouldn't have mentioned it because you were obsessed about it panel. all yeah. day. I, well, it, I knew you should have mentioned it. I don't yeah. want I don't want a gutter mouth. I'm, like, I went, I, I went to the hotel uh, convenience store. I bought a toothpaste, toothbrush, and dental floss. And I fucking ground <laughs> down on that shit because I didn't want to walk around meeting people being like, I'll be honest. Even after you did all that, your breath still stinks. <laughs> but I didn't want to say it. Probably it. stinks right now. Uh, <laughs> Eric from Steel City Bots, uh, of course. Aaron from Radio Feast. Sean. Hey, and, and Caleb, you were there on the podcasters panel as well. Did you have a fun time up there? I did. Uh, I felt I felt I felt a little bit inadequate because I probably knew the least about Transformers up there. Yeah, me too. I didn't feel adequate. But I, I, I watched about ten minutes of that and then left. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It, they, they, I, I like those guys. That they're they're really they're, immediately they were into. You know, ball busting and, and carrying yeah. on and having a dialogue. Yeah. And I, I I think I did okay. I didn't say a lot, but but very welcome community, and I really appreciate them uh, encouraging us to be up there and, and and hanging out with them. It kind of made me want to play that card game. game. Like I, they were so into it, and I've actually listened to a couple po- other podcasts of people. Other people talking about that card game, and uh, it seems like it's a lot of fun. But I've never played any card right. game, so I feel yeah, like it'd be yeah. hard to get like up to speed yeah. on the mechanics of how those games work. But I would love to go over to uh, just tour. Well, I'd love to go over to TF Nation. TF Nation, yeah. And I think that that would be it would be very well received. And we do have listeners over there. And For sure, I'm active. Obviously, very that would be a huge listener. expense and time <clears throat> that I don't have right now. But it would love. I think it would be awesome to take our. Uh, presentation and take it over there someday. It would be mm. awesome. We uh, should do that. And it would be. Why don't we talk? I've never been to the to Great Britain. Oh, it's uh, awesome. Ryan Jet has. I, I have both a couple of times. Yeah. All right, well, yeah. Also, Chicago was financially problematic for me, so <laughs> I don't know. Any more than talk? Great Britain would be. 
Uh, oh, that's not your point. My point is I don't no have any money. I'm broke. I have no money. Ryan is broke. This is my car is... I have to put uh, a, a half a bottle of antifreeze in it every day because yeah. it leaks well, coolant onto the engine. Yeah. And uh, so we'll, we need to fix that. We should, Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just need to it. ask. Uh, I know that there's a lot of people out there that um, are concerned about the quick turnaround of TF... In, shy to to, to LA, LA because yeah. that's in that's in March and um, so, yeah. Just uh, if for anybody that doesn't know, uh, the the uh, at the conference they announced the next year's uh, d- date and locale, yep. Yep. and Burbank. they announced it was Los Angeles, yeah, Burbank, yeah. like right outside the airport uh, in March or April, March, March. March. Like, fuck. And it's they call it, and, for, and, for our, and for our purposes, they're calling it a G1 reunion. I know. And I'm like, I know. That's fuck. a bummer. And, and California will be nice. And uh, I'm, who knows who's going to show up at that? You know? Uh, and But I'm just like, I, I can't. No, I can't eat. I can't justify it. No. I know some people can, and that's awesome, but... That's the one I would really love to go to. It's also because like a lot of the bigger names are late. I presumably live, live in there. LA. So well, how about this? How about uh, the maybe perhaps the listeners can help us out and buy oh. some buy some of our products. Good, Good luck. Yeah, this, is Good a, luck. this is a transition. Uh, to but seriously, uh, if 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 you'd like us to go out to TFCon in Los Angeles in March. Why don't or you? Or even if they don't want to, <laughs> we, have, we have merch available. One way or another, you've been getting free shit for long enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to pay the goddamn piper. And, and I'll tell you what, uh, uh, we have developed uh, a couple of products. We got a store running. We've been talking finally, about it. We've been like kind of finally beating around the bush a little bit. Just in time for this to end. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. The timing. The timing is just. Mwah. Uh, but uh, at any rate, uh, if you've heard of the internet, <laughs> you should definitely get on it because uh, let me tell you, it's. A, I would be. It's, I would be impressed that they're somehow listening to this without not the internet. On the internet. <laughs> I mean, the very technology makes this possible. Are we not on the radio? But <laughs> what is this? No, we got picked up by National Public Radio. Excellent. Actually, we're played on, oh, in, yeah, most, in most markets. On most markets After on Sundays yeah. at like nine thirty a.m. It's a great slot. It's the perfect NPR Sunday slot. But so we got a store. It's live, and you should go to that store. What? You should uh, let's see. What do we uh, got? What do we got? We got there? a couple products. Uh, let's start with the uh, our, dare I say world famous <laughs> uh, uh, Autobot recruitment poster in the style of Uncle Sam's World uh, War One. It, it goes back to World it's War Veterans I. Day. Yeah. By the way, um, this, we are recording on uh, Veterans Day Happy and publishing. Veterans. Yeah. This is the quickest turnaround so. of any recording. I don't think so. Oh, we're we not talked about today? this. I Uh-oh. have to go to my mother's birthday this tonight. This is the hundredth. This is the hundredth anniversary of Arm of uh, End of World War One. Yes. There we go. All right. Talk so at any rate, illustrated by the one and only Ryan Jett, we have. There the, is an MMA the, fighter the named poster. Ryan Jett. There's also, Not that there's also a male porn star named Caleb And Carter. a murderer <laughs> named Ryan Jett. Yeah. Uh, so, at any rate, that poster is $15. And that is a paltry, plus shipping. That doesn't include shipping. Yeah, don't, don't act like you're going to get off without paying a couple. I bucks. like the aggressive stance we're taking. Um, secondly, there is Autopod Decepticast pin series number one. Yes, we've taken a cue from Hot Topic. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we got ourselves a fancy little pin collection. That's awesome. Um, uh, you know, if you like our podcast and you like Transformers the movie, this is the perfect 
thing to buy because you, you get to recollect your favorite moments That's of the right. movie, but through the lens. That's right. The, 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 the twisted, broken mirror lens of the Autopod Decepticast. Should I have, like, I should have put an audio up there of telephones ringing in the background? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly a vacuum. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, at any rate, these uh, pins are uh, illustrated by none other than uh, Mr. Ryan Jett. But also, who is this Aaron Thweet fellow? That's me. Yep. I did some of this work, so at any yeah, rate. It's very quali- it's quality. Holy shit. It is quality. Yeah. Uh, so visit the website. Get yourself something. Pay us. Help us pay for this goddamn website. Christmas maybe, is coming up. They maybe, make great gifts. They do. To, to nobody but yourself. <laughs> get a yourself gift. a gift. It's a gift that you're going to put in your own stocking. Go get it Black <laughs> Friday on our website. Autopodcast.com <laughs> store. But the website's not cheap. I'm just going to say that. Oh. <laughs> and... This is the worst pitch and ever. Also, and also, L.A., man. Wouldn't it be great if we could pay for our way to L.A.? If, if Via we, posters and buttons that you get to keep and enjoy? It would be awesome. Sure. <laughs> but it's not, We're not holding um, our breaths. <laughs> no, don't, don't I, feel bad about it. <laughs> no. Buy our stuff. I wonder <laughs> if... All right, one more thing. Um, so, I managed to... Speaking of people that might be there, I actually successfully corresponded via email with Ron Friedman. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! This is a great tale. Please, yeah. please. Uh, uh, I I got it. Caleb, please proceed. Yeah, I, I can't tell if this is. No, I'm serious. Okay, uh, I got his email address. I sent him an email. Uh, I was wanting to see if we could get a, you know a copy of his manuscript. Uh, I killed Optimus Prime, mm-hmm. and which described that. So, well, you sent the email off, but he gave a whole description about. And not to get too much into the, like the like telling tales out of school side of it, but but like uh, it sounded like I thought I wasn't sure if the book was published, but it basically is he's selling the manuscript. Is that kind of what it was? Was it a personal unclear. thing? Unclear. Was it a personal thing? Like I'll sell it to you guys, or was it like the I, manuscript's available I, to anybody who will give me whatever? How much money did he ask for? Thirty dollars. Thirty dollars. I think he got scammed by Ron Friedman. No, by via, pay, via PayPal. Is Ron Friedman a Nigerian prince? Nope, no, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 he, he responded. It was a very nice response. Um, he, uh, but he said, you know, like, send me thirty dollars. I'll send you the manuscript. <laughs> but, it's like but, a hostage but situation. But I can't tell. But I can't tell. I can't tell if it's like if if he will send it. If he if my money is helping him raise money to publish it, and then he'll send it, or if he, he like, will, is it an Indiegogo situation where? You get it it's when un- it's made. Yeah, it's or unclear. Or is he going to send you a bound, like in a three-ring binder? I mean, he's saying it's a of- bound manuscript that's signed, and there's also a, 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 a he's sending a picture of him with Stan Lee in there. Well, either way, either way, Ron Friedman, you've got our money. Or at least, <laughs> oh, at least I don't want to hate. I don't want to hate. I, don't wanna, I, hey. I just want the world to know that Ron Friedman has our money. Oh, God. Well, it, he does, <laughs> and and I'm uh, that's fine with me. He, he deserves our money. But uh, I'm so I'm just kind of waiting to see if his manuscript will show up in my mailbox. Yeah, and I kind of it's exciting and uh, you just get a knock at the door and he hands it to you. <laughs> that would be so awesome. Any ass if he can sleep on your couch. <laughs> Dude, if he shows up, I'm immediately driving him up here to hang out and uh, record with us. But he he was really nice to respond. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. But you know what would be awesome is if if he ended up. I mean, he seems like he would be a prime candidate to be at the TFCon in LA, LA in March. For sure. If if he was gonna be on it, I don't know if there's a way I could not go. 
All right, well, that's another conversation. I know. Uh, so, so, uh, and actually, we'd have to this, raise money for Ryan. <laughs> it's true. Somebody buy me a car. Hey, isn't We're there? Not you're not driving out I there. there. I know. Be, I just need a car. I think a there car. might be a one-way LA to from Branson, maybe. Well, I know there's Alle- definitely one from Northwest Arkansas. Allegiant flies to LA, and it's from pretty, Springfield. Yeah. Oh well, shit. So oh, that's it's part cheap. of it. That's part of it. Okay. Well, we'll keep talking. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know, listener. Maybe you've just heard the good word about Autopod Decepticast, and you're excited to jump on this locomotive and let it take you wherever it may be going. But starting with this very episode, uh, this is like hopping on a train, or dare I say, Astro Train. (laughs) Jettison some weight. It's like (laughs) hopping on a vacuum. And this is the stop right before going off the cliff. Oh. (laughs) Back to the Future 3 style. Mm. Too many references. Wow. Uh, But... uh, this, uh, I, I beg of you, uh, you need to stop the, what you're doing and go back to episode zero. I already did the Digital Underground reference, All Caleb. Right, good. I, I, got, <laughs> I did, that in, previous, I did that in a previous episode. No, I just wanted it. you oh, to know that I wasn't letting that opportunity go. Uh, or I was, I am letting it go purposefully. Okay, okay. <laughs> but I am about to ruin. <laughs> Shit, wow. Uh but uh, we're in the credits. We've been covering this movie minute by minute for, uh, well, this will be the 84th minute. And, and, and <laughs> this there's a lot a of, and a half. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of, the, the general content is, you know, we're watching something on screen happening. Right now we're covering the credits section. And I, I behoove you, I mean, don't get me wrong, I feel like this is great stuff, guys. But <laughs> I behoove you to go back to the beginning and, and listen, and start with episode zero, one, yeah, anything but this. Um, uh, basically, the, this is a formality. <laughs> the fact that we've been talking, what's he talking about. But, 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 we, before we finish ourselves off, not in a good way. I don't know where this is going at but all. Before we finish this movie off, as the last credit flows to the top of the screen, that's what we're covering right now. And I'm yes. just saying, I'm just saying, go back and listen to more of it. We're almost done. Um, uh, so go With back this. to one. Our Christmas episode number forty-one. Do you guys, do you have a favorite episode other than that? That's a pretty good one. Good I one. Uh, yeah, that was, that was, I mean that's a classic. Uh, our most popular episode on according to iTunes is number eight. Really? <laughs> that's probably a terrible. I sorted one. by popularity. What was that one? Uh, fuck! I thought I pulled it up, but uh, I'll, I'll tell you those early episodes. Those are McGruff the Crime Dog. <laughs> They're a little rough. Uh, we're They're great. Got to polish those. <laughs> But definitely, we found a voice. But but uh, anyway, I mean that's the point of art, I guess, is uh, art like this to develop. Yeah. But I don't want you to feel it's a long walk to get to this start of this episode. <laughs> but, uh, it really is. At any rate, okay, we'll, we'll get into it. Last episode recap. Yeah, wow. that's a, we're an We've hour been recording in. for an hour. That's okay. That's... Hey man, we can do whatever the fuck hey, we want. This is our podcast. It's yeah. true. We make the goddamn rules. As long as I'm done by twelve thirty, we're good. <laughs> so uh, we had uh, we we talked about animation direct. We talked about story consultation, editing of all disciplines, recorders, mixers. Is it pronounced Toei or Toei? Or, Don't know. Uh, but those people and their producers and the key animation and checkers. I put key animation at the top of this minute, but we already covered that. And let, I it covered sounded a little, like, again it. It sounded like you guys had more on that. So uh, get into it. There was a lot of those key animators. I have a little more. I have a little more, but I'll. I'll. I'm gonna bring do it. it. I'm gonna. Well, I'm no. I'm gonna bring it in when it's my segment. When you, do, my segment. you do. You do. You do. Okay, so like Aaron, as you mentioned in our last episode, key animators are the ones that draw the quote-unquote major cells. Um, they're like the bookends, the ones with more detail, the beginning and end where the pose and expression are the most important, and then action occurs faster in between, uh, which is where we get on our next section of the in-between animators. But um, 
There, yes, Caleb. I, I want to interject on the in-between animation checkers. It says there. Yeah. I uh, at first I thought maybe the that that those are people that and I thought they play checkers on their break. <laughs> I'm not going to give it to you. Between animation checkers? That is the worst dad joke ever. It's not the worst dad joke. I'll tell you, I, tell, I don't know if I told you this, Aaron. I think I did. Last night, we were, I, when we were getting ready, West and I, to come over to the party, she was uh, talking about um, using shea butter, and I said, <laughs> hey, you should try this new thing I found, shea guevara butter. It's revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. that's a great, a great joke. dad joke. Yeah, there there is no denying. Nobody that. take that. Actually, tell your friends. <laughs> <laughs> but but Caleb's dad joke that he just made though it it wasn't even really a joke. It was just a, <laughs> it was like just a terrible pun. <laughs> well, mine was a pun too. <laughs> I thought my I thought it was pretty funny. I laughed at it. I like to picture it. Like that's just their job on this movie. Well, no, it's just like when they're not, when they're not animating, uh, they're they're playing in in be, in between animating, they're playing checkers in between animation checkers. They call it that. Listener, <laughs> vote this out on Twitter. Listener, are you listening? Is anyone still here? We had an issue with our RSS thing on Squarespace and can't tell if anybody's listening or no, not. No, we did get it validated. That's true. That's true. It's, uh, that's true. it's, that, a, it's that, an error. That, yeah. The reporting, the analytics are fucked up. There's some fucking buggy codes. <laughs> and there's more than six but, of you. But it, it is funny if you, if in a way you could, you could read it, you could interpret it that once we in, uh, announced Start that we were coming to TFCon, oh. the, the, the yeah. listenership Went tanked, oh, yeah. but whatever. It's not true. Yeah, people make business decisions based on analytics. If we were to have done that, we would have just committed suicide. <laughs> that was our business decision. Anyway, uh, so lots of these animators. There's so many I can't go into it really, but lots of the animators went on to do Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, bunch of other Japanese like anime and stuff. Um, my girlfriend is really into anime, and I'm kind of perfunctorily into it. Like I like Akira and Cowboy Bebop, Vampire Hunter D. And I like just the big. Art. I love the art yeah. of anime. I don't love the the style of storytelling and uh, Sometimes some of the tropes. It, it, there's a lot of exposition, <laughs> and, and that's a cultural thing, probably. But I, but I, hands down, always love the art. The art is fun. yeah. No, I was just saying. It, I looked up to see if there's a definition of anime, and it's kind of vague. It just means in the Japanese style. So okay. um, yeah, but it is kind of it's kind of like the, the Japanese style. the cartoon equivalent of a conservative's view of obscenity. I know it <laughs> when I see it. Right? Yeah. It is funny though. You like so much modern, uh, even American produced animation. I think is influenced by that. Well, also literally created in, in Japan. Well, sure. Like we outsource it. Korea, South Korea. Korea. Yeah. yeah. Um, so after that, we go to the in between animation checkers. Yes. Um, and the in between animators. King me. King me. And I, oh God, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do the in between animators first. But no, wait, hold on. Do you oh. think that? Do you think those? Uh, those are uh, Akira Sato. They're they're, all right, they're Japanese, but they're in Asia. Do you think they're playing Chinese checkers? Oh God, that? damn it! <sighs> Now that's the one, Kayla. That is the one. You did it. It just takes time. You, you know, did it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, much respect. That is way better than Ryan's. It's not better. <laughs> like shea butter? Shea, shea butter, Joe. Shea, shea How butter. Dare you? How dare okay, you? What was it against? Shea butter? Shea, shea guavara butter. butter. It's revolutionary. It's not <laughs> I like, I prefer Fidel Castro butter. It, but that doesn't make it. That doesn't. Do, that's yeah. no pun. No, it's, yeah, Fidel Castro butter. It, it puts homosexuals in prison. <laughs> it is a great. Yeah. 
Well done. <laughs> anyway, please, please continue. Oh boy. Okay, so the in-between animators, I'm going to do these guys first. Uh, there were, so, again, so many I can't go into it, but I'll give you like a high overview. Um, they're in the sandwich of animation. They're the in-between, they're like the meat, and then the, the key animators are the bread. Uh, they animate basically all the action shit. They're the ones that give the illusion of, of motion. Uh, most in-between animators draw, quote, on twos, which means the action takes place at 12 frames per second. Film is shot at 24 frames per second, so animating on ones is for very fast motion. Gotcha. And so on twos is for normal motion. It's um, in between animators, like, I mean, they don't really get the glory or the prestige, uh, but it looks like more fun to draw. Like, um, I, Aaron, I'm thinking in particular. I well, I, I can see, I can see where the fun lies at the extremes. Um, well, I was just thinking of the time, like, I, I don't know if you remember this, but we watched some, I don't know how we were watching some Simpsons animation in slow motion, and, like, it's Homer emphatically pointing, and as he does, his head goes back and, like, oh, yeah. elongates. You catch, it's kind of like that, that moment in Transformers the movie when Devastator smashes, uh, who's the brontosaurus dinobot? Uh, uh, Sludge. Sludge. He smashes Sludge on the spine, and his fucking eyeballs, eyeballs pop, pop out of his head. Mm -hmm. Like, that's probably exists for maybe two frames of animation yeah. and uh, and those are definitely on the on the uh, the, the keys one. right yeah like uh, th I would say those are extremes <laughs> and uh, but at any rate I, that's why we were, I, I think that's probably where you catch that stuff more like the in-betweeners aren't like making eyeballs randomly pop out of people's head <laughs> basically <laughs> well yeah and to some extent like the digital software nowadays eliminates in-between animation um, there's a term now called tweening, which refers to automatic digital filling and rendering in between frames. I've seen like relatively easy to acquire cheap software that lets you do, probably for people in advertising or just don't want to pay like top dollar for animation for their purposes. But yeah, like it's basically fill it in, fill in the gaps, mm -hmm. uh, or you probably create a line of motion. It's because everything's done in Flash, which is unfortunate. It's fortunate and unfortunate. There's a lot of good Flash animation, like like. Uh, Archer is wonderfully rendered, oh, yeah. and but but you know it doesn't have the 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 spirit of traditional animation. I'm not going to go all full John K for a number of reasons, <laughs> but I do I, I do love the, the the feel of old animation. New mm -hmm. animation does feel a little less soulful in at least in the execution of it. But but I'm not going to also hate on it either. There, there's a lot of good things going on. We're going to take a real middle ground stance. Well, no, what I mean is, like, I think shows like, uh, I mean, Family Guy. Family Guy is one of those shows that I feel like you either put your foot in the ground and you're like, I fucking love that show, despite the fact that it is poor character design. It's not the best character design, but, but, the, it, but the character development is great, and the storytelling and the writing and the jokes are great. And, uh, I don't know, a lot of people hate on Family Guy, and maybe all I'm really doing is saying, come on, really? Come on! <laughs> but just animation in general has gotten cheaper via using Flash and sure. other probably... But other it is arguable and that it, it allows um, creators, like a lot of creators who wouldn't otherwise be able to cr make their stuff to do it. Right, so exactly. It's it's a. It, I feel like storytelling has gotten better as a result, yes. while at the expense of animation, it's I could agree a craft. With that. But I don't, and I don't think that's a bad thing. It just is what it is. Yeah. Um, I like good storytelling, but I also like beautiful animation. And those backgrounds on those old Hanna-Barberas and things like that. You are going, John Kay. <laughs> no, it's true. Great. They're beautiful. 
You talking about like the the mid the mid modern yeah the mid century modern stuff yeah like yeah. Uh, they like, embrace that yeah absolutely point. like that's uh, probably why pop part of why pop culturally mid century modern people care about that aesthetic that's why, so much I think but that's why Ren and, I think Ren and Stimpy was totally. a renaissance of that John K coming <laughs> <laughs> oh, back to John K yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry world yeah he's a real piece of shit <laughs> but anyway <laughs> and even before he was kind of well and I don't know if he's been to court or anything but but uh, <laughs> I, I, I I would get I, you know what I'm gonna go ahead and like side with the with the victims on this but but uh just as a grumpy personality in the world. He does seem like, like just like sour. Take, take all the other stuff around that isn't proven is still kind of floating out there and maybe is true and I'll probably lend towards it is. But but uh but yeah, he's just always been an asshole. He's just a sour <laughs> man. In my opinion. Just to put that. Uh, hey, so, uh, by uh, the way, all uh, these are our opinions. Yeah, uh, alleg- <laughs> allegedly, uh, he's an alleged asshole. <laughs> so, so what, what's our next section? In between animation checkers, <laughs> um, uh, finally, and I'm gonna mispronounce. <laughs> King oh, me. Uh, <laughs> I want the taquito. I hate this. I quit the podcast. <laughs> I, the, uh, I'm probably going to mispronounce these names, but Akira uh, Sato, uh, Hiroshi Abe, and... Oh, you want me to do this? Yeah. Where are they? Where are they? Right here. You've here. got Akira Sato, Hiroshi Abe, and Ryukichi Yoshi, uh, Yoshizawa. Thank you. Very good. Um, oddly, there Where is... Where are we? Are they... What are they? The, the, they're the animation checkers. The okay. in-between animation checkers. Okay. Basically, they're, they're like the... There's not a lot of work on IMDb for these people. Um, mostly in, just in-between checker work, and that's it. So I don't know. Maybe there's like a curse, like thinner, but it's like obscurity. I'm wondering yeah. if some of the people that are based offshores, particularly uh, on eastern side of the world... Uh, just don't get their information populated in IMDb. It's I, found that, I found that across the board as well. Like people who are uh, definitely Asian, I'll say probably Japanese, uh, would would they would have the credit and they would have three credits and they would all be like Hasbro properties. It would be like GI Joe the movie, Transformers the movie, uh, yeah. My Little Pony the movie, and that's it. And it's I like got some stuff I know you didn't go. I know you didn't go to college to get three credits. I know, but I, I think that IMDb is pulling from specifically like. American related stuff sometimes. Probably. Well, it's also that it could be like pseudonyms. Like they. Oh, that's true. As names well. change all the time. Because like, it, 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 like, it's probably tied to the unions I, somehow. I, I don't know. I would imagine. And I, I was. It sounds like a conspiracy theory. Talk, it's tied to the union. I was going to talk about this a little later. I, I think that probably on their on over on their side of the pond, in that in that circle, I'm sure that they're very well known. But you know, just right. because of the information that we're basing our research on, right, it's limited. Oh, well, and maybe they're not well. I mean, uh, nobody maybe knows well who known. a final in- animation checker is. Whether you're fucking, I, I'm sure that in the United States or I'm sure that in the Asia. In- I'm sure that in their industry over there that they they're they're a house name, right? I, yeah. Maybe. Well, anyway, I'm trying to give them some more. Credit. I haven't. Well, I would say all these people are at the top of their game. Yeah. I haven't even described what they do, but basically they're like the supervisor for the key or for the in between animators, and we all know how fun that is to be su- like supervised. <laughs> you're not doing your TPS reports. Brian, you're away from your desk a lot. Brian, stop jerking off in the fern. Brian, this is not about me. I'm going to let you have that sequence. I have, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for letting me do that. Welcome our our new co-host, Brian. Brian. (laughs) That's all I got. Uh, That took, so that took you through back, oh wait, no, are we at background art? Caleb, is that you? Yep. 
Well, please proceed. Sure. Okay. Background animators. Yep. Essentially, um, background artists and background painters, they realize and line and color the backgrounds. Uh, like we talked about the Hanna-Barbera. Exactly. And like even our final credit sequence here, you've got the uh, background of uh, Cybertron and outer space. And so they're doing all this. And they're 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 taking that they they're looking at storyboards and they're they're creating these backgrounds based on that. The uh, background uh, art director, uh, there was a, a handful here. Uh, Robert Schaefer, uh, he is uh, well known. Um, he worked for uh, backgrounds for Hanna Barbera, mm -hmm. Ruby Spears, Universal, and Disney Television Animation. And Ruby Spears sounds like a porno name. I don't know, and probably <laughs> of most like a restaurant chain to me. <laughs> And probably of most interest to our listeners, he did Marvel Productions, where he also drew and painted on G.I. Joe, Transformers, and Jim. He's got a lot of credits, starting in the early 70s as a background artist for Fritz the Cat. I am a Fritz the Cat guy as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jabberjaw, Super Friends, Heathcliff, Scooby-Doo, Robotics, Transformers, Transformers the Movie, G.I. Joe the Movie, Jim, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Dino Riders, The Real Ghostbusters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Dino Riders. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Tiny Toons, and Muppet Babies, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, oh. The Legend of Tarzan, Mulan 2, Fox and the Hound 2, Jungle Book 2, <laughs> Cinderella 3. <laughs> and, so I thought that was hilarious that um, they called it Cinderella 3. But it, it so essentially... <laughs> she really fell creative title. So she I, fell asleep again. He, I woke her he up got again. Hired, he got hired by Disney later on, and he, he, he came in as uh, a background uh, animator for you know like their directed DVD, directed VHS. DVD, Ruby so. Spears starring in Cinderella 3-way. He did... Um, <laughs> He did. He's he's really accomplished. He's really talented. He he did backgrounds for movies including Dune, uh, Conan. Oh. Conan. Uh, when, when he we're did a lot of heavy background metal. movies for for a movie like these live action like Dune. Mm -hmm. Is it like the what is that? What they call it where you do a background and it ultimately get the foreground gets superimposed right. on top of it. I don't know uh, what it's called, but you you get the idea. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's, it's yeah. essentially the background, right. mm -hmm. which is what he's uh, yeah. Uh, hey. Seems to be a specialty. He got he got his start in the '60s as a title designer, which is doing lettering. I love that. And um, Saul Bass uh, was a great title designer. He then jumped into he wrote he did all kinds of stuff. He even wrote lyrics for the theme music for an episode of Lassie in 1971. Uh, he oh. was a background illustrator, art director from Disney. This guy is the Alan Thick of yeah, the he did a lot animation of stuff. world. He's now an independent animation professional. Your he painted business. keys. Um, oh, okay. A good example of his work I f on a blog I found uh, showing his key for the uh, interior of the Terror Drome in G.I. Joe the movie. You can pass that around. Um, <laughs> wow. Caleb really, yeah. he is prepared, more prepared than he has ever I, been. So I have something to say about background keys uh, based on this blog. Background keys are not used in the final animation. They can be without color or fully painted and are an overview of what a location Interior or exterior looks like. Okay. Generally, they come before the storyboarding stage so that the storyboard artists know what a location looks like before paint, planning and drawing the scenes and shots in and around that location. Keys are used as a reference also for background artists and background painters who will then fully realize in line and color the backgrounds needed. It feels so like a lot of work keys, for something you're not going to yeah, use. Keys, well, so keys, um, keys are like, you know, to give Quick you an studies. idea of their study of, and then the background artists use that, and it's the like, storyboarders use that. The background art, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love it and it's great, but 
background art, I would assume, has to be made in a fast way as well, right? Like, I it's mean, not like you get to spend a, a couple days or a week on a background I guess, but piece. The, mm-hmm. the guys do, If even if it's done very quickly, these guys are really, really good at their craft. Right, they right, they right. make it look good. Right. Um, I make this his, look good. So his credit, his credit, Robert Schaefer we're talking about here, his credit in G.I. Joe the movie is background art direction. And the whole background unit on that production of the movie is one... Uh, is they've got a they've got a, a background supervisor, three background art directors, a background designer, nine background painters, and one background uh, coordinator. That's more robust than Transformers. Uh, some of these folks were in the states at Marvel Productions, and others were in Japan at Toei. Uh, a few uncredited ones may have been elsewhere in Japan and Korea. I'm so, curious how that relationship worked. I, obviously, there's a lot of collaboration east and west on this project. I think so, and I just like wonder like. Okay, this the like the I don't know the the, the Asian unit's gonna work on this scene and yeah, we'll hard work to on say. this. The Asian like, unit also sounds like a porno name. <laughs> oh, Jesus Everything Christ. sounds like a porno name. Right? I might just be horny. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I that that leads us to the other credited background art directors for this for Transformers the movie, who are who uh, one of which is uh, in uh, is Japanese Takeo Sawada. Uh, not as much about him, but uh, his credits include Hoyoyo Space Adventure, Final Yamato, Odin, Transformers the Movie, and Digimon the Movie. Some of his animation cells can be found online at uh, the Akihabara Art Gallery uh, in, in their Toei animation collection. Is this why you had us watch those videos? Not yet. Okay. Um, that's coming up. But then we've okay. got another guy. So the next guy, Dario Campanile. Or mm-hmm. Campanile. This guy is interesting. Um, he was born in Rome. He, he's, he's Italian, classically trained painter. He hung out with Salvador Dali. Well, in the ni- sweet. In the 19... 19- so, yeah, his artwork kind of has um, uh, a, 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 a... Not exactly surreal. Surreal. <laughs> also porno. Not exactly surreal, but like fantastical looking. Surreal painting. All right. So, meta- <laughs> medical, metaphysical. Metaphysical. Okay. So he, he in the 70s, he came to California to get a, a feel for the art world and try to break into the art world in the U.S. Uh, his artwork was well-received, and the owner of a, a gallery in Beverly Hills offered him a one-man show. This show apparently was really successful, and it introduced him to collectors from the movie and music industry, as well as bringing him offers to paint uh, book and album covers. His artwork caught the eye of actors Valerie Harper, Carl Weathers, Cheech and Chong. Carl Weathers, yeah. yeah. Cheech and Chong, Herbie Hancock, casting directors and writers who collected for him. So therefore... So he had a lot of high-quality high benefactors. Yeah, and so he was, he was an artist in uh, California uh, in the 70s. So um, in 86, uh, after working in L.A. for a while, he was honored to be chosen from hundreds of artists to create the 75th anniversary logo for Paramount Studios. Yeah, Aaron just pulled that up. So and you when, have a print when, out of when it. you see when you see that mountain at Paramount Studios, wow. Uh, that's uh, his work. It, he's the one behind nice. that and um, so That's incredible. Yeah. You did so much more justice to your people than I did to uh, mine. You know, <laughs> some of them are better than others. But, uh, <laughs> Of mine, this some guy. of mine. And Dario is definitely cream of the crop. He looks like Brit from Flight of the Concourse. No. <laughs> he does, he um, does. But more masculine. He's very, <laughs> he's very Italian looking. Yeah. Uh, uh, he moved, so in the 80s, after he moved, he's, he's still... I love this one of a, of a tiger, sort of. 
walking over a naked woman. I'm assuming this is his work. Yeah. Uh, uh, but they're all floating over a waterfall. His, mm-hmm. You can see his strength and background animation. Oh, yeah. On this stuff. Like, he's really got a touch for it. He's got the touch. Um, so... Um, I like it. I like his people renderings as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He... Um, so he started an art gallery in the late 80s in Carmel, and then uh, he moved... The tiger naked lady theme is... It's uh, prevalent. Is his work. He currently, um, I think he lives in Hawaii and is illustrating these days. Um, somewhere... Worst places to be. Somewhere, it's interesting that I did not find any discussion of him doing background art, but some, in the middle of all this, in the late 70s and early 80s, into the 80s, he did background art for Scooby-Doo. Yogi Bear, Super Friends, the Super Globe Trotters, the Fonz and the Happy Days, yeah, the Fonz and Happy Days gang, and finally the Transformers the movie, where his surreal metaphysical style works well. I this is a badass piece right here. It's like almost He's sort of really like good a at mountainscape clouds. and a canyon, and it's like a person is sort of embedded, embedded into in the it, yeah. into the groundscape, and you just see their head emerging and their feet. I can see that on a trapper keeper. You can see that. <laughs> That's the truth. Very. That's uh, the truth. Very. Like, yeah, if it's not he, Lisa Frank, it's yeah. this guy. <laughs> yes. he had, so yeah, he he was in that era where that kind of stuff was really you know very popular. Um, yeah. Even his, I, I even love his uh, still lives. His still lives are really cool. But I really love his renderings of yeah. men and, and naked ladies and yeah. naked men. Like uh, he's good. He, he uh, on he. It's a very. Um, it's surrealistic. You can definitely Met, see the dolly piece of it. it. But I also love the contrast. The light, like the yeah, light, the light, yeah. Use of light and shadow is great. Playing with light exactly. Um, all right, man. Great, so, good get, Caleb. So yeah, very good. Good talent on uh, Transformers the movie for background. Uh, uh, these are the those are just the directors. So um, <laughs> here we go. So, <laughs> so there was an yeah the assistant background designer uh, Tadami uh, Shimokawa. He started in the late 60s as a background artist for Pyun Pyun Maru, Space Warrior Baldios, Beast King Goleon, Choriki Robo Galat. I don't know these, but I'm saying them in case there's probably people out there like, oh yeah, like that are really into anime. Sure. Dragon Ball Z, he did other anime for the Toei stable. I figure a lot of these guys are, you know, like... Toei, maybe I'm, a, sure, I'm yeah. making a, I'm making a, a, an assumption. That probably that, makes sense. I mean, like you Toei had your stable. strategic partnerships with your Japanese uh, business partners, mm-hmm. and and and, right. and uh, so yeah, yeah. And Toei seemed to be basically doing a lot of the and, hard work. And the reason that I'm making that assumption is because a lot of these other Japanese guys have a lot of similar work that they worked right, on, like exactly. Kazu Ebisawa, lots of background right. art for anime, UFO Robo Grenadizer, Tales of Zestiria. Right. They're all a part of Fist the same the, company. Fist of the North Star, Akira. Uh, but this guy also did Animaniacs, Tiny Toons, Transformers the movie, Final Yamato again, G.I. Joe the movie, uh, Toshikatsu Sanuki, similar, Gugu Ganmo, Dragon Ball Z, Final Yamato, Transformers the movie, G.I. Joe the movie. I, th- I think... That the success of Transformers the movie, G.I. Joe, and other U.S. animated features contracted out to Toei during this era is a testament to their extraordinary ability and aesthetic. I, I think that a lot of your, I think a lot of your uh, films during that time animated, where you had these these guys that had been in Japan that had been doing these really awesome uh, animated you know movies came in because just for a short period of time Toei allowed like. The, you know those guys to be involved in uh, mm-hmm. American productions, and then they, then they Cut like them off. they come yeah. off. And I, you know, and it's too bad, but uh, you know, but for us anyway. But I, those guys, it was good. Um, so anyway, that's that was my takeaway from that part. 
Next, we've got the background department manager, uh, Ryuichi Sujimoto. <laughs> this is the saddest yeah. title I've ever heard. He probably played a lot of in-between background <laughs> or animation checkers. Um, you got Ryuichi Sujimoto. Get a couple more bites of that apple. <laughs> um, Ryuichi Sujimoto. Background department manager. He was the production manager on Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon. He worked on Fist of the North Star. Uh, he also was involved in the Louis Vuitton Superflat monogram movies from the early 2000s. Artist named Takashi Murakami. Um, I sent you guys that to watch. That you know, Louis Vuitton had a, in the early 2000s had a a thing they put out there where you could buy their bags and had like these these illustrated flowers on them with mm -hmm. a smiley face. Mm -hmm. um, Japanese super flat. It's super flat's like a, a philosophy of like, looks flat, but there's there's more to it than that. Okay. I, I, I'm not doing it justice describing the aesthetic, but anyway, he was involved with that. Um, what, what is it? How, uh, Japanese super flat? Yeah. Super oh, flat. this is cool. So it's almost like taking recognizable images. Uh, the guy that did the Kanye West uh, graduation album cover, I think is, uh, yeah, Takashi. Murakami. Yeah, yeah, this guy, this guy is like, yeah, he's, uh, the shit. I mean, he's a superstar. He's known as the he's Japanese, he's known as the Japanese Andy Warhol. Yeah, this, this, yeah, he did a Kanye West album cover. His work is great. I would, I would love to get my hands on it. It's very pop culture. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Very, uh, you know, clean anime influenced, yeah. uh, but it, I feel like it's vector based or I don't know. It's hard to say, but, but. It, uh, it mashes up different digital and hand illustrated animation when he does actual animation graduation i think is the kanye west album anyway go ahead sorry i was searching for that that's okay when he does animation um which they did they put together what i would call a a, a movie it's it's an it's an advertisement for louis vuitton but it crossed over into into uh into avant-garde art it it mashes up different animation styles mm -hmm. and uh, and techniques together and it's part of that's part of the super flat uh philosophy it looks cool. It's compelling to me. Yeah. So I have a hard time seeing it on my wall, but but sure. uh, but it's cool. Yeah. So that's Ryuichi Sujimoto, background department He's part manager. Part of that. Part Did, of that scene. So yeah. So yeah. He got involved with that scene. Um, oh, I'm still going. I've got uh, <laughs> I've got the chief the chief cameraman. And what is anime? What is an animation cameraman? Well, <laughs> I, I was I was just gonna ask that. Uh, I've got, I found four descriptions of that. Uh, first of all, uh, the animation cameraman operates special camera special camera to make animated cartoon motion picture films. They place the background drawing on a horizontal easel over which the camera is suspended, mm -hmm. and they they position the transparent celluloid slide on which animation has been drawn over the background and covers it with a glass plate, and then they expose the frame of, of motion picture film and repeat that process. God, over and that over again, and they regulate. They have to regulate the exposure and aperture to attain, obtain the special effects, such as fade out and fade ins. They probably work with people like who I'm going to get into the color key people yeah. because you gotta they got to make, make that color right, man. That's right. So he's taking the keys, yeah. the background animations, and the the you know the then the in between animators and all that, and they're putting that all together. No, I get and it. Shooting it. <laughs> There's a camera, Ryan, <laughs> <laughs> and it's. Okay, so the, the the chief cameraman for this movie was uh, Masatoshi Fukui. He ha was also a camera operator for Final Yamato again, Galaxy Express 999, Odin, Transformer the Movie, Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, and Digimon. Uh, then you had the an animation cameraman 
Uh, Masaru Banzai, he did Final Yamato, Odin, Transformers the movie, G.I. Joe the movie. He did a Sonic CD video game. He did Sailor Moon. And he also was involved with the Super Flat monogram. Mm -hmm. Then there was a Yukio Katayama. Same stuff. Galaxy Express 999, Final Yamato, Odin, Transformers the movie, G.I. Joe the movie, Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon. Uh, After reading some of these, I feel like I need to check out some of these films, like yeah. Final Yamato, Galaxy Express. These are all movies, Japanese anime from mm-hmm. the late 70s and early 80s. And they are, I saw some clips of them. They're really great. And I think mm-hmm. it was awesome that Transformers, the movie, was able to capture, again, some of the talent for that film. Um, Final Yamato. I know I've talked about this before. Sure. Yeah, it's come uh, up. Final Yamato is an 83 Japanese. I want to talk about this for a moment. Please. Uh, Final Yamato is a, a Japanese... Uh, anime science fiction film and it's the fourth theatrical movie of the space battleship Yamato saga um, it was seven it was shot in 70 millimeter print and it had a running time of 163 minutes wow. Jesus making Christ. final Yamato the what long- if we were covering that minute by minute <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it, it makes final Yamato the longest running animated film ever made Wow 163 minutes how many how, what is that translated I can't do the math. What, what do you mean? Uh, Into over, hours. Over two hours. Uh, two hours and 23 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's long by any movie standard. Yeah. And so uh, the it, it, what I, what's interesting is the battleship, the space battleship Yamato, if you want to bring up an image of that. Sure. How similar it lo- What really captured me is I'm into World War World War II history. It looks so much like a, a real battleship that I decided to talk a little bit about the actual real battleship Yamato. Mm-hmm. And I have a picture of the real battleship Yamato. You can see all of the, how many turrets this thing had. Wow. This was a battleship built there. So there's the space battleship. This yeah. just makes me think um, of Midway 1943, that video game. Yeah. It, battleship Yamato was yeah. a battleship built for the Imperial Japanese Navy shortly before World War II. She and her sister ship, Musashi, were the heaviest and most powerfully armed battleships ever constructed. Wow. They dis- so displacing 72,800 tons at full load and armed with nine 46-centimeter uh, Type 94 main guns, which were the largest guns ever mounted on a warship. Damn. And she had nine of them. Uh, <laughs> named after the ancient Japanese Yamato province, Yamato was designed to counter the numerically superior battleship fleet of the United States. Uh, which was Japan's main rival in the Pacific. She was formally commissioned a week. Wow. Just that circle of guns. I know. She was formally commissioned a week after the Pearl Harbor attack in late 41. Throughout 42, she served as the flagship of the combined fleet. You gotta commission that before you. I, that's Pearl what Harbor. I was gonna say. I'm like, you guys really well, should have jumped she, on that. She was she was no, she, they started construction on her in 37. Oh, wow. She was she was. Oh, so she was put into active duty. They launched her. So she her. was uh, done. They were production done. was done. Okay. Yep. They launched I was thinking commissioned to be produced. Because you would not want to uh, arouse Start any Start that suspicion. project. So I guess they declared war, and then they launched her. Um, the only time that Yamato fired her main guns at enemy surface targets was in 44, when she was sent to engage American forces invading the Philippines. So anyway, um, by early 45, the Japanese fleet was depleted and badly hobbled by critical fuel shortages, 
and in a, de a desperate attempt to slow the Allied advance, Yamada was dispatched on a one-way mission to Okinawa in April 1945 with orders to just simply beach herself Whoa. and then fight until destroyed, protecting Whoa. the island. Because there wasn't enough fuel to have her run around. They were like, All right, So we're she gonna... just became basically wow. a fucking turreted bunker yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, that's right. But um, uh, the task force that she was part of was spotted south of Kyushu by U.S. submarines and aircraft. And on the 7th of April, 1945, she was before she could beach herself, she was sunk by American carrier-based bombers and torpedo bombers with the loss of most of her That's crew. right, our boys took her so, out. <laughs> I can't help but make comparisons between uh, the battleship Yamato here and its comparison with the space battleship Yamato and the uh, USS Enterprise, oh. where you've got, like, the you know, the carrier Enterprise... And then they later that was inspired to be you know oh sure uh, you know like a, a space vessel Enterprise you know. has been the name of many many uh, ships so, you know na there was the Japanese had a lot of national pride uh, for this and, and and it's interesting that they took that uh, historic uh, ship and translated it into a successful yeah. uh, longest science longest. fiction. Yeah, by t time, by time of a movie. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what other measurement you'd do <laughs> longest by, but well, uh, my dick. Oh, mm, saucy. <laughs> so um, that's that is all for me for that section. Uh, what, where does that take us to? Model that's color key. The that's me. The battleship. Just one. Whenever you sent us those videos to watch, uh, Caleb, um, it just made me think of. Uh, in the 90s, there was a, a cult um, called um, Om Shinrikyo, and it was in Japan, and they used anime, they made anime movies to, like, recruit people, and um, it was uh, Shoko Asahara was the, the, the guru of that, and um, they made their own sarin gas and released it on the Tokyo subway yep. and killed oh, five people. That it, was it, those guys. Yeah, it didn't get a lot of coverage because it was the same. I remember it being in the news. It was the same day as the Oklahoma City bombing, hmm. but, um, yeah, they, like, they made their own anime movies. Movies, which was it was a almost Ricky was a crazy story. All right, sorry, uh, go ahead, Aaron. That's okay. No, uh, so we're gonna move on to the model color key, and it is interesting hearing you guys. Like, I didn't do research into any of your stuff, yeah, because uh, nobody has time. I for like that. to be surprised, also. But it is it's interesting how it all ties together, and the color key artists are definitely pivotal in tying all this together because. Basically, the whole look, visual, color, tone of the film is derived by these people. Like, the sort of, like, they make decisions on um, just, like, the color schemes and also the lighting. Like, uh, mm. uh, they're li they, in addition to being skilled background painters, the color key people also know, like, it's their job to know how the lighting is going to happen and... Like, not just how it works on the screen, but I think functionally working with the camera people and the lighting technicians to make sure it translates well when it's photographed. Okay. So they set the mood of a scene by developing color schemes that would be appropriate for a scene. So city siege in the daytime. That might be like <laughs> their project that gets handed to them. Mm -hmm. And then they got to figure out what, how to make that look good and compelling and cool. And I'm sure they have ideas for that already, but they have the creative liberty to kind of push it. So... Uh, the depths of a Sharktacon pit. What if you were handed a memo? <laughs> <laughs> no context. What color should this be? Uh, nighttime on a junk planet. So, uh, at any rate, this was the duty of uh, Phyllis Craig, and she passed away in uh, 1997. Oh, 
Wow. And in addition to this movie, she worked on 79 episodes of the series. So oh. she wasn't just a movie Bulk tag of the series, along. dude. She like she was, was the color person for the series. For like she was the one. Wow. Um, she got her start as an ink and painter in Disney. She worked on Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty. She also worked on a ton, you guys will love this, of Garfield stuff, <laughs> including Garfield, His Nine Lives, oh. and uh, Bobby's World, The Critic, The Simpsons, King of the Hill, uh, and The Twisted Tales. Felix the Cat. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's got their dark, seedy, pervy history. You mean Fritz the Cat. Oh, maybe I confused that. I was thinking. Yeah, Felix, Felix the Cat is way different. What is Felix the Cat? He's, He's just a cat. He's, okay. He's a cartoon cat. Oh, I was thinking this whole time that it was the no. thing that you, your guy was. Felix is a cat. The, the pervy I'm a, stuff. I'm just a cat being a cat. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't were alive in the 80s, there was a dirty cartoon that I saw on the shelves of the of the rental store all the time called Fritz the Cat, yeah. which was just like. A weird, dirty, like furry. Well, it was movie. R. Crumb. It was based on an R. Crumb character mm-hmm. who, uh, and I, that I don't know. It, so it was probably Ralph Bashiki or somebody like that. Like in the seventies, got a hold of the property and decided to make a pervy creep. I, I never have seen it, but I, I remember it in being in the video. Yeah. Studio. So Ryan's mom worked at a video store in our hometown. And so Ryan had all the access to the hot, the hot vids. I stole a videotape of Basic Instinct when she worked there. And I used it for masturbatory purposes. Oh, okay. I'm glad you clarified. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but Fritz the Cat was always on the shelves. And as a person that was always a fan of animation, uh, I was drawn to it. But then when you flipped it over as a person entering adolescence, you're even more drawn to it because there were illustrations of... Uh, voluptuous kitty titties. If you can, if, if, if cat box. tits are your thing, this is your jam because they are all over. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't know anything about the character if it's, but I know. But R. Crumb kind of has that sort of like his sensibility is very. Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He like, likes libertines. <laughs> libertines, oh, libertines, if you, yeah, if you will. Sure. So, uh, so at any rate, but so, I, and I, his drawing is awesome. So I love our Phyllis Craig, not associated with Fritz the Cat. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought she was. Steve. I love that oh, outlier. Really she, she works on all this. I, fu- I fucked that up big time in my yeah, head. You know, Felix. Uh, so that so that brings us to the ink and paint team, and so. Um, Caleb, I did not do the job that you did, and I only had two people to cover here, but we'll assume <laughs> they were for Toei. <laughs> and I'll say their names to give them due. Uh, Masatoyo Ogura and Hiroshi... Oh, sorry, Hiroshi. Mr. Hiroshi Kosakai. Hiroshi Kosakai. I think it's probably Kosakai. Yeah, Kosakai. Hiroshi Kosakai. Um, very fun to say, and I apologize if I fucked that up. So, so uh, at any rate, uh, back in this time, you had your key and your in-between animators, and they do their job with the pencils, basically, right? They're pencils on sheets of paper, and um, the ink and paint people, uh, it's basically their job to translate that sketch on paperwork to the actual uh, animation cell. Okay. And so, um, and when we talk about a cell, do you know where that, uh, why it's called a cell? No. Tell us. Yeah, I want to know. (laughs) Basically, celluloid was the material that they, the transparent material that they used to uh, to put these drawings on, and and uh, it's very flammable. And they (laughs) yes makes I don't know if any animation studios burned down over time and it became a thing, but guaranteed that they did. But um, 
But basically, the drawings are tested, they're synced with soundtracks, they're approved and cleaned up, and then what, the cleaned up drawings go to the ink and paint team, and they they put oh. it on, put it on the cell. That just and made me think of the ink and paint club in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Well, I'm sure that is. The I get that joke now. <laughs> so, so, um, but basically, they transfer it to the cells, and then it goes to photography. So, actually, I guess uh, where here we go. Ink and paint supervisors. I do have a little bit on Marianne Stewart. She worked on GI Joe, My Little Pony, as well as Dino. Writers, this won't be the first time that she worked on uh, the animated Book of Mormon. She's not the only person that worked on that. I thought you were going to say Fritz the Cat. Along with (laughs) Muppet Babies. Uh, Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa. Have you guys, have we brought that up? Yeah, I know, but I know what that is. (laughs) I don't know what it is. is. It's basically cows as people as cowboys. So anthropomorphic. It's very weird. They're literally cow cowboys. They're literally cowboys. (laughs) Yeah, they're, yes. They are actually cowboys. (laughs) Yes. It's real. Oh, I don't even know where I came across that, but I haven't thought of that in a while. So uh, she also worked on Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, and this one was compelling to me. Uh, Kid in Play, which oh. was uh, a Fat Albert style <laughs> uh, show, humor and and positive messages for kids, but starring instead of obviously Bill Cosby and his garage gang of garbage people. Kid and play. Kid and play. Just nice, wholesome college kids. One of them's a little edgy. One of them's kind of a good boy. Those movies, the live-action kid and play movies, made enormous amounts of... Yes. Oh, yeah. House Party made... Huge amounts of money. I, I was I, I saw House Party probably not long after. I mean, it never came to the theaters in Springfield, Missouri. But uh, I remember when it came on HBO, I recorded it because it was before another thing I wanted to record. And I ended up watching it, and it became like in, like boiled into my head from a pop cultural standpoint. It became one we of my favorite movies. We should have a pajama jammy jam. I like, I like how things in your head are not burned in, but they're boiled in. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a sous vide brain. <laughs> Uh, so, so uh, her supervisory counterparts uh, to your guys's uh, conversation earlier, Kuniko Murata and Junko Furuya. Uh, I think they they're either pseudonyms or again it's just part of like they were part of whatever company. Like yeah. Maybe they were the Toei counterparts, and uh, but they only have three credits to their name, and all of those credits are very hardcore anime centric. So. So, um, and really that trend continues when you get to uh, the inkers and painters. One of the things that was very interesting to me is that the painters, um, I I think with no exception, are all females. Huh. I don't know what that means or what that is about yeah, the, the right. like the, yeah. the the skill or the task, but it just so happens they're all females. I don't know if, and most of them are Eurocentric names. I yeah. I I. I uh, IMDb'd a handful of them, but I'm not going into any of them here. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're not. They're, none, um, of them, but, none of them seem to be Asian. But multiple right. names here also worked on the animated Book of Mormon. Multiple names here worked on the Secret of Nim. Lots of Ooh, Disney so afternoon good. stuff. Um, so I mean, uh, a great crop of of uh, painting team here. Debbie Johnsburg. Yeah, Myrna Gibbs, Marta, Marta Squara, Robin Draper, Britt Vander Nagel. A lot of, lot of syllables there. Britt Greco, Chris Brown, Harriet Rosal, Heidi Shellhorn, Leanne Douglas, Leanne Douglas, perhaps, Hannah Powell, Debbie Jorgensborg. And to be clear, that not the Chris Brown who beats his wife. 
No, it's with a K. Uh, so, yeah, so that's the uh, the painters. And now we get into the... I'm also responsible here for oh, the color yes. checkers. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Do you have some mat on here? No, no checkers. The checkers. Oh, <laughs> they never stop playing checkers. I mean, everybody... You, you get onto a movie set, don't even break out your own uh, no. hey, pieces. It's against, it's against... Yeah, the, I think the, uh, the unions insist on that. <laughs> you have to use the union pieces. Yeah. So I couldn't find a definition of color checker, or Xerox, really. A as fellow a, as checker, a, eh? As, <laughs> Second They're time like I've made that spinning the checkers on their fingers, <laughs> like the like the nunchucks were. Yes. What a what! I would I'm what a pause. ridiculous. I'm gonna pause and go back to that. That's a great that's a great visual gag. But how does that, that even come? And I'm referring to the what year did that come out? Like 1989, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Movie, a li- live action movie, and the Michelangelo character. Meets up with a member of the Foot Clan in a in a who ball, has nunchucks, and he has nunchucks and does some fancy nunchuck stuff. And they have like a nunchuck off, don't they? Yeah, but they have a chuck off. It, it's basically chuck like off. a dance, like a like a dance off, and but with nunchucks. And so they do that. And there's a lot of fancy chuck work on both sides. But, <laughs> but Michelangelo is somehow declared the winner because he has the ability to spin nunchucks like a basketball on his. Finger. On the his chain, index, the chain is finger. spinning on his the finger. Chain, uh, is the, yeah, is the center point of that. And because he can do that, everybody decides he is the best chucker. Like, Those after were... all this fancy chuck work and he does this doofy fancy. gag. Fancy chuck work. I, I learned recently that the, 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 the Secret of the Ooze, number two, they didn't want the Ninja Turtles to use their weapons at all. So if you watch that in that context, that's why the fights are so shitty. Because they wouldn't so let them use their what, weapons. kicking and punching? Yes. All right, well, so uh, so basically the color checker, as far as I like, color checker is more of an instrument, honestly, in the research I've done. And it's basically you've got a, a, a color key and that's uh, basically, you know, it's printed material that has the colors and basically those represent the way you want to see them visually. And so I, I basically think the color checkers, it's their job to kind of just monitor and calibrate color mm-hmm. as it is Keep filmed it how it translates on onto screen. Well, they uh, missed a few things <laughs> whenever <laughs> people cha- randomly <laughs> change colors. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's true. But, but, yeah, but So I would assume that today in the modern world of animation and computers, that that is kind of done automatically yeah. as as yeah. a person works on it. So I imagine that's a, a there probably is somebody who's like consistency in color is a thing, but it's probably one person as opposed to a couple people. And and, and I would imagine the animators can just do it. It's like a cart. It's like auto levels in Photoshop. Yeah. So um, and that brings us to Xerox. And actually, it's funny that Xerox. I don't. I don't know uh, if these people, Virginia Creamer, Bill Hudson. <laughs> actually, let me let me shout out the color checkers: Kazao Kinugusa and Hiroshi Morita. Um, the Xerox people. I don't know if they were employed by Xerox and uh, contracted out to I think work that's on this movie, what it is. or if they are just like you had technicians that were that just know the Xerox machine. But let me give you a little background yeah. because. Um, the, the Xerox machine saved Disney animation. You don't uh, say. I, I just did. Oh shit! I want to know. So, so honestly, the Xerox is is um, 
responsible for creating new efficiencies in the animation industry that basically helped make it more financially viable. Really? So so um, basically, it kind of all started around the Sleeping Beauty era of Disney. Three. And, and honestly, Sleeping Beauty, if you were to watch it, it is a high watermark in terms of uh, Style. animation style and just uh technique and consistency and like like it it's uh it is uh was a, an amazing artistic achievement and uh unfortunately it was a bomb <laughs> and oh, so yeah. so it was uh it was like 6 it took 6 years to make that movie and it ba- it wow. bombed it bombed so badly that it nearly sunk Disney Studios. That's, it was a huge. It was a. I've seen specials on it. It was a huge undertaking. I mean, they put yeah. a lot of planning, and, and, and meticulous hand. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's. Surprising. I mean, it's, and it's very mid-century modern. Speaking of that, like it's very like stylistically like yeah. it probably ingrained in a lot of the people that developed that style throughout the fifties and sixties. Or like I think Sleeping Beauty was a, a reference point almost. Yeah. Like, it's it, surprising it that that's so like it's such a huge part of Disney canon now that 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 it was so sh- that it was a flop. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it, Disney had to lay off. I did the math on this. Eighty six percent of its Jesus animation. Christ. After this, there, so their animation studio went from 551 people to 75 people. Holy shit! And uh, basically, uh, I don't, I can't remember. I don't know enough about the history of Disney, but uh, Roy, I'm assuming he basically was probably, uh, uh, you know, uh, Walt's right hand man, and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, definitely, certainly an executive. But uh, he begged Walt to drop, just drop animation. Like, let's just wow. make live action movies going forward because this just we like, all know how good those are fucked everything up so badly but Walt Disney you know animation is his was his thing and right? Nazis so, <laughs> I'm not getting into that <laughs> uh, but uh, so he wouldn't have that shit so after you had Sleeping Beauty and 101 Dalmatians was their next uh, their next film in the pipeline and essentially that where Xerox comes into it and they actually did use it a little bit on Sleeping Beauty in some places but Basically, um, from a production standpoint, you uh, have your ink and painters who you've got the sketch guys and they sketch it out on paper and your ink and painters <coughs> literally will, um, you know, paint on the cell yeah. and using the, the sketch underneath as their, as their tracing point. Well, the Xerox basically said, we don't need ink and painters. We're going to use the Xerox machine to transfer these sketches directly to the cell. Okay. And and then we can just have the painting go underneath it. So you basically cut out an entire step of the process, a very labor-intensive step. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, your sketches are just translated. So basically that's kind of how, in general, animation like the look of it became sketchier for lack of a better word because you're taking these pencil drawings and that's what that's you see what is your using. outline on screen as opposed and and as opposed to these like nicely painted uh okay. painted uh outlines so so it just became a little rougher and that's you know some people might argue that that would cheapened the art form but i would say it just developed it just created it i mean they created a new look and so if you were to look at a movie like just to compare Sleeping Beauty or, or Snow White to or Pinocchio to 101 Dalmatians, you would very starkly see the differences in the outlines. It is very uh, apparent, like how that how that works. So anyway, that's that was the role that Xerox played in changing the animation industry. And so, 
I assume these people uh, were the, either the technicians. They probably were technicians. I don't know if they were employed directly by they, Xerox or by in, whatever. In my research on Dolby, which we'll get into, I think, maybe on the next episode, um, it seems like they're contractors, yeah, from the company. Right. So that brings us to script continuity, which I think is Caleb. Yeah, that's right. Um, script continuity, Yoko Okamoto. Uh, IMDb only lists Transformers the movie, and I can see why. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, I, I kid. It feels like a shot fired, I, but I, I don't know exactly how or at who. <laughs> because there's no continuity in this movie? <laughs> I, I kid. Um, based on our script deviations in multiple animation studios, this movie had to be a bitch to maintain continuity, and, and maybe they quit after this. What is the difference between the Freedman uh, to the final screen? Anyway, yeah. Lots of, <laughs> lots of differences. So, so that was the, this was their only role? Is that what? Based on IMDb. Okay. And I, so I made a joke about it. I didn't yeah. find anything about them out of this, and I thought maybe they, they got in here and did it, and they were like, fuck this, and quit. <laughs> They're like, I'm not doing this anymore. Or they were executed. That's literally all I have about it. <laughs> it was an honor killing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they brought much shame. Yeah. Oh, Yoko, I'm very sorry yeah, so. by the way, for so, this conversation. They that, may not have existed. As, as it turned out, this movie, uh, I feel like, holds together. I don't feel like there's really any continuity errors. Well, I don't know what the Other final than script couple... looked like. It's just like, I just, there's so many like, oh, hey, those guys are dead, and now they're in this scene, or like. I, yeah, yeah, that's all. I was just, I'm poking fun. Sure, it, sure. Is, but that's but that's only that's the only thing I can find on Yoko Okamoto, so I just decided to make a joke out of it. Well done. <laughs> so, but uh, then we have the shipping coordinator. That's you. That's also me. <laughs> um, we have Kevin. That's also me. <laughs> Kevin Kevin Shaw. Um, he was the shipping coordinator for Transformers the movie and My Little Pony the movie. He was also a checking supervisor for Dungeons and Dragons and Muppet Babies. Oh, Dungeons so and Dragons. what are they shipping? I, well, just like stuff, the here, stuff of animation. Here are some essential essential functions oh, of a shipping okay. coordinator. Wait in for the, it <laughs> in the film industry. I'm glad you asked. Here's some essential functions, not uh, n- not limited to, but okay. including loading and unloading freight. <laughs> okay, Makes they sense. may run pick lists or other related documentation. They pick and package orders as needed. They transport inventory to proper locations. They create and maintain processes and instructions for shipping. They assist in preparing, wrapping, and labeling pallets and shipments. Uh, they inspect outgoing shipments for proper packaging. They schedule shipments. Uh, they may order shipping supplies. <laughs> Do they get stamps? They probably get stamps. Uh, that brings us to our sponsor, stamps.com. Yes. <laughs> Depending on the division, they may operate a forklift or pallet jack. Uh, they maintain a clean and safe work area if they're good at their job, uh, follow established <laughs> safety and ergonomic standards. Uh, and then... Gotta be OSHA. I love the idea of him just coming and being like, you're not sitting right here. Yeah. Getting some back support. So they're, you know, uh, they're, they're a guy that's just... Warehouse. Yeah, they're, they're handling ship, making things shipped around. Well, there's only one guy. I'm sure it's like the head guy and he had yeah. a team. Why so, didn't his team get... I mean, it feels like everybody else's team got well, a name dropped. we will Why talk about that at the end of, Nemo, of oh. the next episode oh. where I talk about the end of the credits. Oh, So okay. that's... Right. I mean, I'm not... That's all... That. Yeah, so he did some of that. That's basically what a shipping coordinator does. Gotcha. Thank you, Kevin Shaw, for making it happen yeah. on behalf of Transformers the movie. That uh, that brings us to technical advisors. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan, that's I believe, is in your it is. Bar- ballpark. Did you I, do some research? I did. I like how on every on, single one of these people. On our outline here, oh, Aaron wrote, technical advisors, parentheses, there are a lot of these. Are you and gonna, there are. Are you going to read every single one of these people? Like their names? Yes. No. Okay, good. <laughs> no, go look it up. I don't want to yeah, read yeah, all those good. names. <laughs> 
Uh, to quote Wikipedia, a technical advisor is an individual who is an expert in a particular field of knowledge, hired to provide detailed information and advice to people working in that field. Basically, that's pretty much what you'd imagine. So what would a technical advisor be on Transformers a movie? And the answer is... I don't know after researching it because <laughs> they could was, be working in the shipyard with Kevin. Yes, I, I was I was hoping for a treasure trove of there are forty eight names on this list by the way. Um, I I looked up every single. Why are name. Bob Prupus and Steve Schwartz noticeably separated? I'm assuming they are up the top and separated. Maybe. Well, I don't know because I looked up every single name, but it seems like everyone had only one to three credits on IMDb, and they were technical advisors for this movie. My Little Pony the movie and G.I. Joe the movie. So which Hasbro by the way crew. sidebar, those are all Hasbro movies, and they're all the name of the property, colon the movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh I came across that a lot as well. A lot of Hasbro people work together on this. And uh what's up with that trend? I feel like it went beyond that too. I feel like I don't know if it's kicked off a trend or was part of a trend of just like blank the, the movie. movie. <laughs> but sure. I, I, I want to say that there's really likely that, and I could be wrong, the technical advisor is a catch-all for people that by union rules or some kind of obligation, you need to throw their name they in there. They participated the in not the case. undefinable nope, nope, sense. Oh, not. never mind. No, nope, because again, we'll talk about that when we get to our at the end of the credits. Okay. I'll, just a, a little note, uh, the end credits are not, there's no rhyme or reason, there's no rules about it. So I'll, we'll get that into detail at the end okay. of the next right. episode. Uh, but anyway. We should probably get to that. <laughs> it's just like, is technical advisor a way to launder money? I don't know. Is it nepotism? I don't know why they're listed on here like this. Um, truly, the only person I found with anything other than this was Mike Riley, who, in addition to being the technical advisor in Transformers movie and G.I. Joe, was in a 1987 movie called Berserker, which he played the titular Berserker. It is available in full on YouTube, and no one is caring to remove it. It's... <laughs> I watched a lot of this. Was it any good? No! It, even in a campy way? It's, it it's uh, Well, okay. It's based on the Nordic legend of the Berserker, who were these warriors that fought in a trance-like fury. Um, and on this movie, it's some curse from a Viking boat that landed in North America in the 10th century. It's pretty slow and terrible. Like, it's not bad enough or crazy enough to be enjoyable, for that reason, and it's not good it's enough, not good to, enough watch. To, be, to be good. <laughs> yeah, it's slow, boring, and bad. Um, which this seems to lead credence to my theory that they were just technical advisors, are just friends of friends. I don't know, listeners, are you a technical advisor? Do you have friends? What happened? Is uh, I would call uh, Mike Seibert at the very least a technical advisor. He's on our technical show. advisor credits. <laughs> there you go. That's, I mean, I feel like he's much more, but uh, we'll, at least, we'll, we'll at least check you that title. And some of these sound made up, like Bob Darcy, Sid Good, Carl Fritz. I don't know. That's all I got. Just because you don't understand uh, Ryan names. Jett. Of, uh, yeah. <laughs> Coming at me. Wow. Come and find me, technical advisors. That's uh, all I got on those guys. Okay. Uh, I think that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, and we probably should kick through it because we have a time constraint to get our next one. Yeah. So, so uh, this is a, a two-hour over to. Like, hey, you know what? Great. We it's were worried stuff. about this, and uh, nope. it turns out turns out it's Not more fun than, than I, I was think. never worried. Honestly, the pressure is off. I don't have like I, I don't have to really. I don't feel like I have to like curate Care? anything. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, I woke up at nine on well, the dot. Welcome so, to my welcome to my world. <laughs> oh God, it's so beautiful. Yeah, it's nice. Hey, everybody, keep listening to the show. I know we're closing out at the... We're getting close to the end here. 
and yes. uh, don't unsubscribe. And, we'll have more stuff. Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, we'll I, I would say stuff. I'll take the opportunity Someday. to say next episode as well. Like uh, we will, we aren't going to be publishing at the cadence that we have been. I think that will slow down somewhat. But I think we're going to continue. Well, it's not think. I know we're going to continue yeah. to uh, meet up. Probably, I would say well, at a minimum monthly. Uh, but I don't know that there's going to be. A, we'll, we'll figure out a well, regularity. Until we, but, yeah, I mean, until we figure out more on what we're really going to do. Yeah. I mean, we may go back to a, we may go back to this pace, but for now, we need some sabbatical. Yeah, that's, I think that's a great way to put it, and and I think that I think I, I don't I don't think we're talking about a long sabbatical, but I but I do think that as it comes back up, it'll be more centered around certainly Transformers as the basis, but I yeah. think special topics and things that are tangential to Transformers but related. Like I could totally see us doing like. A G.I. Joe the movie thing. I would but, like to do a mini series of G.I. Joe no. the movie. Well, I want to have a whole series where I try to track down Ron Friedman from the manuscript. Oh, yeah. He, he, yeah. I've paid him. <laughs> I'm outside your door, Friedman. Give me that book, I know you you're bastard. So, uh, at any rate, we've got a lot of ideas and we'll come together and it, there, it'll definitely, I mean, It'll all be related to Transformers, if, uh, if only tangentially, uh, and Transformers the movie. But uh, but uh, we're not definitely not going to like start reviewing toys. I did want to ask you guys, and I can <laughs> not I, that I, love I mean I could try to do that. <laughs> Actually, I would love a Caleb reviews. Oh God, YouTube it's channel. Uh, I got oh, just so... your big ass thumbs breaking shit. <laughs> Sausage fingers. <laughs> I, I play piano. I <laughs> Actually, what? you should be able to figure it out like those Rubik's Cube kids that can, like, with their eyes His closed and one hand. hands are just a blur hand. and it's transformed. <laughs> it literally goes <laughs> when you do it. And you do it that fast. But um, that, but luckily we're evergreen and this podcast isn't yes. centered around. Uh, that's a phrase I just learned. Really, <laughs> over podcasts over over TFCon weekend. But uh, but uh, and so you know that doesn't mean you can't help us grow by touting the and, podcast and buying our merchandise and buying please, the merchandise. I need a car. So please continue to listen to the show on iTunes and, and do not unsubscribe because we will continue to produce content. I thought you were going to say find you. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and tune in. There's of course the social media presence, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of them at apoddcast. And then our web presence, autopoddecepticast.com. Yes. And uh, I would love more ratings. I would love more subscribers. Um, don't unsubscribe. We'll continue <laughs> to put out content. Uh, and maybe uh, go back and listen to some of your favorites. <laughs> yeah, or or just uh, you know just continue to be our friends. We've made. I think the people that we've met as a result of doing this are special to us. Yeah, yeah it was great to meet everybody. It was and really, it, and it's really fun. The, like just the environment and, and meeting everybody who was so nice and like we're all there for the love of this and different iterations. But it was just. I, again, I, that was the first con I'd ever been to, and the whole thing was top to bottom wonderful. I loved it. And it's fan run. Like, there, mm-hmm. there's nothing like, uh, like, I mean, the corporate element is obviously it takes business to make it happen, but, but, uh, but it, it is an interesting community. And the, like, the third party scene is an interesting thing as a person that collects third parties, and this is very tangential, and I'm gonna wrap it up really quickly, but there's some drama there as well. Oh. There is. I don't really oh, know. yeah. Interesting. Practices. That's interesting. Uh, maybe that's a special topic for later. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Yep. <laughs> okay, bye. 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 I just have a weird start ending. <laughs> that, 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 that is going to be tough to edit.
sells, blow sells, where we sell good.